All you who are thirsty, come to the water. That last line in the Gospel, those who ate were about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. That doesn't mean women and children don't count. What that means is Jesus fed 5,000, but there were probably more people there too, the women and the children, so that Jesus fed 10 or 15 or 20,000. We can be afflicted with a sense of competition, can't we? At work or at school, this sense that if some other person gets attention or praise, it's taking away from some finite pool of attention or praise that then you don't get to have. People, it would seem, are also this way about toilet paper. There's a theologian, he's kind of an eccentric guy, named David Bentley Hart, and he said, as a Christian, I don't believe in the economic concept of scarcity. I believe in abundance. My brother is an economist, and he has uh, some pretty curmudgeonly thoughts on that statement. But it is true, at least, that with spiritual things, there is always abundance. It's not a limit. If you become more courageous, it's not that somebody across town has to become less courageous for you to grow in courage. It's the same thing with holiness, because these are things that are immaterial and that come from God's heart. And so of them, there is an infinite supply. All you who are thirsty, come to the water. You who have no money, come receive grain and eat. Why spend your money for what is not bread, your wages for what fails to satisfy? But we do spend much of our lives doing just that don't we? Spending our energy and our money on what does not give us happiness. Leo Tolstoy, the Russian novelist, said, if a man would just stop his activity a moment and reflect, he would realize that all his actions are in continued and striking contradiction with his conscience, his reason, his heart. And now that sense of scarcity is built into our culture, the sense that life on its own inherently has no meaning, so that if you want meaning, you have to kind of scrounge it up for yourself or create it out of whole cloth. And that's exhausting, isn't it? It's exhausting because God didn't create us to live that way. He made our natures, the way we're composed, to live for deep satisfaction. You know, if someone were blind, it would be understandable, but not reasonable, to conclude that because you can't see anything, the visible world doesn't exist. If you were hungry, would you conclude that food doesn't exist? That would be a nasty way to live. Instead, our desire for satisfaction and meaning, which God has given to us as an indication that it needs fulfillment, that there is something real. All you who thirst, come to the water. Heed me. 
and you shall eat well. Come to me, and you shall delight in rich fare. Listen to me, that you may have life. Jesus, he knows how to needle his disciples, and he says these things throughout the Gospels to try to draw something out of them. And so when they see five or 10 or 15,000 people who have no food and are hungry for dinner, Jesus says, there is no need for them to go away. Give them some food yourselves. And you can imagine the disciples saying, why on earth am I following this guy? Bro, we don't have any food. And Jesus knows that. He's not stupid. But he's trying to draw something out of his disciples. And so when they present him with five loaves and two fish for 5,000 people, at least, he says something really important. He says, bring them here to me. And this is what we're asked to do. What God is constantly inviting us to do as his people is to take the stuff of our lives as insufficient as it can feel and bring it here to me. To him. Because he doesn't reach us most easily when we've accomplished a lot or when we feel like we're strong and powerful. He comes to us, he chases after us most deeply in our weakness, in our frailty, and in our struggle. That is the most precious gift we can give him our broken selves. And the question is, is that transformation that he affects when we give him the little stuff we have? Does it really make a difference? Does it mean anything? Or is it just some kind of partial, small, small fry, tiny transformation or healing? Jesus gives us a hint of that when the gospel describes what he does with the loaves and the fish. It says, taking the five loaves and the fish, he said the blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples. Seems innocent enough, but where have we also heard those four things before? We hear it every Sunday. On the night before he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving thanks, said the blessing broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, not, I have more bread for you, you can be partially satisfied, I'll effect a small transformation, saying, no, this is my body, which will be given up for you.